work week, am I right? But do you know what would make it a little bit better? Doing church on a Sunday and then listening to a podcast about the sermon. Welcome to the Post-Sunday Blues, a preaching post-mortem, a production of Liberty Church Collingswood. Each week we'll spend some time unpacking Sunday sermonics, and we hope that you'll be able to connect a little deeper with the message and the messenger. It's a win, if we can make your work week a little less blue. House lights down. Welcome to the Post-Sunday Blues, a preaching post-mortem. Here we are again, another (laughs) post-mortem. With my husband here, Jim Anger, I'm excavating his sermon uh, from this past Sunday. A spelunk of sorts. You've made that joke before, but I don't know how many people would have heard it. (laughs) Nobody's commented on it yet. That's why I keep doing it. Um, One of of my rules of humor. Because because cave spelunking is really top of mind, actually, but that's kind of a... Never mind, I won't. Moon Knight. (laughs) I was trying not to spoil anything, but okay. Anyway, here we are. Um... (laughs) Um, it's spring. I'm watching carpenter bees fly outside, and we're kind of in a new season of life, I guess. The spring makes me feel like we're in a new season, it's and here season. we are, um, back in back in what series is this again? <laughs> this is the Genesis sermon series, and liturgically speaking, we are out of Lent and full on into Easter tide. Okay, right. I did. I mentioned. I remember you mentioning that. I still have not like fully. Uh, embrace is the wrong word. I'm not like I'm not like anti, but like the Easter tide thing or the church calendar thing. Like, what does Easter tide mean? And I, I'm actually serious. It's your, like, it's your Southern Baptist roots, kind of anti-liturgical right, like, upbringing. You mentioned Easter tide, but you didn't like. You said something like "Welcome to Easter tide," but that word is like nonsensical to me. I thought you were supposed <laughs> to explain things to non-Christians. <laughs> yeah, only sometimes and. Yeah, Easter Tide sounds like it. It could be a, a Miami beachfront hotel, maybe. Yeah. Welcome to maybe. Easter or plural Easter Tides. Still not in cocktail bar. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking Keep about. Going. Okay, where's the explanation? <laughs> where's my Hawaiian shirt? I don't think you know. Easter I think that's Tide the secret. Well, the the next step is producing liturgical calendar themed clothing lines so so i'm working on my easter tide wardrobe right now coming to a coles near you marshall's okay TJ so Maxx, you don't know what easter tide it. means let's move on then. it's easter season i just but <laughs> i thought i don't know what we're talking about how long does already. easter last what are you supposed to be doing during easter tide celebrating the what? resurrection living out the like implications the whole, of the resurrected jesus before we move season? into ordinary time which is the next season in the like how long calendar. is easter tide supposed to last like until pentecost <laughs> boom Okay, I if, if you're doing, I'm sorry that I'm giving actual answers to your do, snarky no, questions. No, if you're doing church calendar, I feel like it's kind of I I guess anyway, this is a tangent. We'll we'll move back. Hmm. I guess we're in ordinary times if we're talking back to Genesis. I uh I, yeah. This is a stormy this Monday is a very here. Stormy wow, choppy waters. You have me um, in the afternoon, which is not our usual recording time, before I've like even I've only taken two sips of my iced coffee, so you I'm are. not quite there yet. That's okay, right. let me Cold wrap my head around this momentarily. Easter, the 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 day is over, but we are still celebrating Easter, and we're doing so by talking about Noah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> 
at a kind of dark storyline. It's springtime for Noah and Arcany. Okay, we'll call it Stormy Monday. We are in the storm of Noah then, uh, despite it being happily Easter. And mm-hmm. <laughs> why, why this sermon this Sunday? Why go back to something stormy yes. right now? Okay, well, I don't have a segue specifically to that, <laughs> but I'll just keep talking. Where a couple of things I'm about this sermon by way of orientation in the call it story in the period, Genesis chapter seven, the heart of the flood. And I think this will be something that you may not realize. This is the sermon that got me the Liberty Collingswood job. Huh. So let me explain. Okay. This was the first sermon in the Genesis sermon series this year where I actually went back and looked at some old notes. So the very first sermon series in history of Liberty Collingswood was Genesis. I think it got maybe up to about Genesis 13, 14, 15. And because this is a weirdly busy travel season for me. Yes, Even though I'm I'm not complaining. There's a lot of fun stuff going on. No, no, you shouldn't. I I realized that I didn't have the requisite time to go back from scratch into commentaries. And up until this point, because I really wanted to preach a new sermon series from Genesis, a lot has happened over the past eight, nine, ten years that there were new questions that I brought to the text. Brand new sermon series from the same set of chapters. But for the sake of time, and also because I, th- I think I remembered that I thought the sermon from Genesis 7 would, would work okay. This is based on a sermon that I preached at Liberty Callings back in July of 2012, when all 12 people present that morning thought it was a great sermon back at the okay. time. And the reason that I say this got me the job was that even before that, I had been preaching at my previous church in Lubbock, Texas through Genesis when I did the fateful happy hour with Steve Huber at Franklin Mortgage. Mm -hmm. When it was first hatched, I wasn't looking to come up here. Hey, Franklin Mortgage is back. Did you read that? Oh, it's back. No, I didn't realize that. um, I told somebody very recently that it was closed. This is a tangent, but they're back, and apparently their publicized address is not actually their address. Gosh. And that you have to, like, you have to email for a reservation to find out their actual address. (laughs) Franklin Mortgage, I hate you. I love you. I I think it's in the back of a hotel. (laughs) What a but cliche. I can't. I can't tell anybody yeah, the real location. It's, which it's, hotel. A, it's a despicable marketing ploy and cliche, but I'll be there tonight. So, <laughs> Steve Huber and I reconnected at Franklin Mortgage, and as we were having a good time, Steve said, "Hey, we're looking to plant in South Jersey. Would you think about coming over?" And we talked a little bit and said, "Sure." It wasn't on my radar to move or to come back up here. It wasn't on Steve's radar to ask me. And then that began a mutual exploration process towards our moving back up here. Um, Mm -hmm. A week or two after Steve and I had that conversation, we were back from the holidays in Texas. Steve called me and said, hey, do you have any sermons I could listen to? Because Uh literally Steve Huber had never heard me preach before. (laughs) And I think he had this sinking feeling where I basically gave a job offer to somebody that I, I really don't know how this person is in, in the pulpit at all. That's how liberty rolls. And there we go. Yeah. And then since, since then, or I think we've always recognized that like distinctive preaching, hopefully, is one of the hallmarks of Liberty Churches. There, there is an internal doc 
at this point, it's one of it's one of the best internal liberty docs that we have. I wrote it. It's called "What Makes a Liberty Sermon a Liberty Sermon," but before that. There was nothing. We were just going on feel. And the sermon that I preached very recently at our church in Texas, I gave him the link to a recent sermon from Genesis chapter 7. And, and it was this, this sermon. Link. And then Steve called me and said, hey, the sermon is really good. I think we should do it. So this is the <laughs> third time I've preached a version of the sermon, which actually was my audition sermon. Little did I know when I originally delivered it for Liberty Church Collingswood. Had you actually like thought about the sermons that you were giving him? You, or like, did you just, it would, you, like selectively, you chose this one because you felt good about it to give to Steve? I did feel good about it, but then also, that's a good question, Em. It was one that I'd preached just a week or two before that. So I wanted at to least sh- to show that, hey, this is just a random recent uh-huh. one, not... Here's one that I preached four and a half years ago. But it was my favorite. <laughs> that, right. <laughs> it's really tight. Exactly. I spent a lot of time on yep. it. Right. Yeah. So, uh-huh. so a, hopefully a recent sermon connoted a representative example. So a little bit memory lane okay. when... For you when at least. This, for, <laughs> it was good for me. I mean, I vaguely remember sermons, but I... Mm. <laughs> yeah. No. Emily had no recollection of what he just <laughs> just told her. Nor, nor nor should you. So that's a little bit of back background. Okay. And then as I went back to old sermon notes and listened to the sermon again, it brought me back to the place of Genesis chapter seven. And the whole the whole burden of the sermon relates to this idea of rock bottom, right. where as human beings occasionally hopefully not very often but certainly sometimes we'll find ourselves in situations that are super super hopeless and one one story to append to the sermon from sunday morning just to illustrate that this happens and we hung out with a couple from church after church some newcomers we had a really fun lunch with them Mm -hmm. walking back from il fiore on haddon avenue got a call from a friend of ours not not at not currently, or not from this area, or not at Liberty Collingswood, who literally had tried to take his life the night before. So mm-hmm. he drank a ton of alcohol, turned on the gas stoves of his apartment, and was sad to find that he woke up in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and so spent an hour talking and praying about how God may still be at work, even in the midst of rock bottom situations. So right. I, I felt the burden of that reality going into this sermon and then a very sad underscoring of that same reality Sunday afternoon. Sure. And right. And you didn't have that. You had that illustration after the sermon, not before, but it, yeah, it still gives context as we discuss it. Um, yeah. What, what I talked about on the phone call included me going back over the sermon sure? that I preached that morning. Right. Um, because what what's your what was your burden in in bringing the message or after you listened to it remembered the the context of before and like you were presenting it this third time, um, what? Yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> You're like laughing, I'm trying to read your facial rock, expressions. Rock bottom's funny. That's why. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> what was the what was was it more just like this was the passage ahead or do you feel like there was something correlative with? Uh, the spirit of the messages that brought you to this place? Maybe a combination of factors. And I should qualify and say I don't mean to make light or make fun of people in rock-bottom situations. The 
preaching over a period of time in a local congregation is one of one of my great joys, Em, as you know. And I realize that I'm not going to speak to the same situation every week. And so not everybody's at rock bottom sorts of situations. And I don't pitch every Sunday towards rock bottom situations, mm-hmm. deep hopelessness. But I was just thinking that, especially on the basis of Genesis chapter 7 and the hopelessness of the flood with the ark just bobbing on the sea, I, I did in particular try to pitch towards people that were in some really low places. And I I know people in the room. I know some people that are watching and listening in real time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have, as a church in every circumstance does, people that are either at or close to rock bottom. And I hope that the message of the gospel through Genesis chapter 7 gave some hope. Sure. And um, moving to the next section, presence of the Lord, like... Mm. What what are the contexts, or what is what is this specific passage speaking to you about this? Well, topic presence of the Lord Sun Studios. One of the original reasons why this time around, in conversation with with other leaders, with our elders at church about what to preach on this year, there was a felt burden that we wanted to get back to going methodically through a chunk of the scriptures, and I think this is a really good example of that where. It was fun to give a little bit of a close reading to Mm -hmm. Genesis chapter 7, look at details to bring out the scene. So Genesis chapter 7, the heart of the flood, the day creation died, a scene of grandeur and a scene of horror. Mm -hmm. So, and hopefully, at least I tried to get people to be captivated by a passage that maybe is a little bit boring and repetitive on on the surface. So yeah, this is a slow-paced chapter with animals constantly marching and perhaps seemingly in, in repetitive ways, but to say that there, there are specific literary strategies slowing down, retelling details for us to truly sit with the fact that this is the last of humanity and animals coming on, coming onto a little boat. It is a, a formal occasion. And then also one that's, that's pretty terrible. I, I always enjoy talking about Noah's ark, con- contrasting that with all of the happiness and smiles and happy animals with uh, children's stories right, and right. illustrated versions of the ark. And the, is it the little people action figure set right. where you have little mm-hmm. roly-poly we Noah? Those, and, yep. yep. All the double animals. Right. We'd always like lose the one of them. The mom and daddy, right? <laughs> yeah. But but just just a ton of fun. And it's fine to, to have those things, but especially the entrance into the ark is a truly macabre scene sure. where we're looking at the annihilation of of all things. So so if this were being filmed, it's not bright pastel colors with dancing animals everywhere, but it's a, a rain-soaked, very drained color palette of of a lot of sadness and fear woven into entering the ark. So so hopefully I was able to capture people's imaginations at least a little bit in that direction as well right it does take it in a very different direction than some of our memories of the story um like you're saying um yeah who doesn't like a good water park (laughs) um and i think that i think that you were trying to also um bring the deeper questions about um are we are we bringing our, our own sin into the difficulty the yeah. struggle or the hardship, um, and then the perspective that you can have with 
um, where you are in, in being rock bottom and how how you're perceiving um, faith and giving up on God or, right. or not. Yeah, and the the whole frisson of the passage comes from two directions. At what least does frisson mean from, again? It, it it means the 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 dramatic tension, the the, the the sparks. Frisson, F R I S S O N, Chef's kids emoji at the end. So the you have you have the horror of the scene, and then this is one of those interpretive decisions I made about the passage that is backed up in commentaries, but. If you're not on board for this interpretation, you're not going to be on board with the sermon and, and, and where I took it. But commentators will tell you that Noah's agency is conspicuous by its absence in this passage. So mm-hmm. he gets on the ark, mm-hmm. but if stereotypically people can be trained to read the Bible as a story of men and women that are heroes of the faith that never make mistakes that always have full faith all the time. Right. Uh, maybe Noah was exercising a lot of faith as he was getting on and in the ark, but there's no mention of that at all in sure. this passage. And so Genesis chapter seven, and there are other parts where, where Noah is more of a model. There are other parts where Noah is definitely not a model later mm-hmm. on in Genesis as well. But the emphasis in Genesis chapter 7 is 0% on Noah having a ton of faith and holding on. Instead, it's this looks like a really, really super bad situation, which paradoxically, the hopelessness of this passage, I tried to say, gives us hope. Because very often when we're at rock bottom situations that feel hopeless, we can, by that same measure, seek to understand that God may still be at work in our stories too. Sure. And that it does, it is helpful to like not have the, that message of like the, what you were saying is the be, be the Noah or be the like hero, Yep. build the ark, um, stand up against the floods of corrupt humanity. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you, you sound like you're familiar with such sermons. <laughs> yeah. Not necessarily. In, in, just... in preaching class, that and I, I had some good preaching teachers they said avoid the killer bees and the killer uh-huh. bees in this case speaking of carpenter bees outside of our window right now the killer bees are just looking at any passage and say be a noah be a david right. be a abraham even though sometimes it's valid other mm-hmm. times uh it's not and the message of the scriptures is not emulate all of these biblical heroes and god's going to love you like he loves all of them because that's works and not grace Right. So instead, the message is, um, what would you say the core, looking through your... <laughs> God, God's at work when it seems hopeless, when you're at I rock see. bottom, yeah. when you've given up in Christ, God is not. Right. And so get over it. Just Good stuff. Just, just accept it. Last thing I'm with presence of the Lord and in, in this passage, sometimes in these podcasts, I like to go back to how I connected a specific story, especially in the Old Testament to the cross so and to Jesus crucified and resurrected because that has to be present in every Christian sermon ever preached in my opinion the flood is a sign of both judgment and uncreation mm-hmm. where the flood is so complete that by the time that the waters prevailed on earth 150 days creation itself has been rolled back I mentioned that the animals are killed in which the order they're created yeah. and in Genesis chapter 7. And so we're back to a similar place that we find in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. The earth was formless and void, 
and darkness was over the face of the deep. I think it's pretty straightforward that uncreation is found in Genesis chapter 7 here. But similarly for the cross, the cross is a sign of judgment. We are found wanting in our sin before a holy God and deserve his wrath. But then also, there's such a key detail, darkness was over the world from the Mm -hmm. sixth hour to the ninth hour. There's plenty of opinion in the history of Christian interpretation that the cross was likewise a moment of uncreation within the created order. So it was fun to be able to draw. You can't do that from every Old Testament story, right. but specifically this one. Hopefully it made it made for it for an interesting connection. It had Helen Wolves, I I endorse the practice of maybe you're sitting listening to an Old Testament sermon on a Sunday morning and whether it's me or a different preacher, feel free when the text is being read or at some point in the sermon to be wondering to yourself, I wonder how this preacher is going to connect this story to the cross or connected mm-hmm. to Jesus. Right. That's that's something that not only sermons need to do, but when we read the Bible devotionally, how does what we're reading relate and how is this fulfilled one way or another in Jesus crucified and resurrected? Right. It certainly helps to like not get lost necessarily in the details of 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 wiping out the earth. <laughs> like right. to have the redemptive piece to like to also remember um a bigger picture sense of the the whole of God's work. That's true. And just so Helen Wolves weren't wondering, it was Brandon Best last Sunday that dealt with questions of theodicy. How could a good God let this happen? So you gave him the hard stuff. He he, he asked for it. So that's not not entirely true. But Brandon and I did coordinate to to make sure that 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 would be touched upon between these sermons so likewise when I if I would have preached from the text that Brandon preached last time from I would have dealt with those same sets of of questions so I I I wasn't glossing over um those those questions because they're good ones that we should wrestle with too sure how did I miss it (laughs) 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 Uh, moving on to mudding the waters uh and Mm -hmm. this is related how how was it dif- like constructing the sermon in the context of mm-hmm. all that you're talking about, different people on rock bottom trying to speak with freshness to a sermon text that you've preached before? Um, what were what was it like jumping in? Uh, always challenging to reconstruct a sermon from my old notes, but that's a but that's a gym problem and not a, a listener problem. So I won't say anything more about that. But then also. I, use, I I thought about just having a conversation about hope. So do we all agree, Christian or non-Christian, that human beings need hope? Mm-hmm. And what are some common strategies of trying to generate it? And I used as a conversation partner, I quoted him twice, Viktor Frankl, Man's Search for, mm. for, for Meaning. I, so this is the third time I have preached this basic sermon all three times I've had the thought late in the sermon preparation process, I should go back and read that book again. Mm-hmm. I, I read Viktor Frankl, Men's Search for Meaning, way back in high school. So mm-hmm. it's been a while since since, since I've... And you're the same person. The, I am. <laughs> ask, I'm asking similar questions the, the, that I did back then. It has always been my contention that I don't think I would have liked you in high school. <laughs> <laughs> or your high school you. 
And my contention is that Emily would have loved high school gym. So we could we could save that for guitar slip pickings because there's actually a lot to pick on there. So Victor Frankel, Holocaust survivor, and then had a successful career as a writer and a therapist, psychologist, built his system of psychology from experiences in the Holocaust where Holocaust was bad for everybody that was in a concentration camp, obviously. The people that tended to persist the longest were the ones that held on to hope. Mm-hmm. And so hope became central to Frankel's construction of human flourishing. But if that's the if that's the observational part of the program for Frankel, the positive part of the program, and I disclaimer it in the sermon, this is a little bit of a of a oversimplification. But he encourages people, just find something to hope in mm-hmm. and hope that that'll get you through. To me, that's, that doesn't sound like a horrible idea, but I think we're more complicated than that and life is harder. So just picking something to hope in, especially if we know it's not real or true, mm-hmm. is not necessarily a, an airtight strategy for human flourishing and coming out right. from, from rock bottom. So try to interrogate some normal strategies. You know, what are we going to hope in at rock bottom? Where, where are we pushing our chips to be able to find a little bit of daylight? Uh, many of these things are fragile and or harmful um, and or reco- require great strength of will. But right. the key for this passage is there's, again, going back to what we see not said about Noah, there's nothing here about Noah exerting his strength of will towards faith and hope. God's at work apart from anybody's faith on the ark it seems like right now because god is simply chosen by his will to save his people and that's hope from the outside that we reach towards not hope from the inside that we build out and to me that's a 180 difference between those two things so but the heart of the sermon in terms of trying to get us to wrestle with what we do at rock bottom what works what doesn't work how we might find hope was going through some of those some of those strands Mm -hmm. yeah i can see that being important i mean yeah and i think that there is a temporary hope or there are good things to hope in if it's maybe your family or a life event or those are not bad it's not a bad thing to hope but there is a if you just dig deep you peel back layers enough um there is a question of like how um how finite, infinite, how real, yeah. how lasting um, those things actually are in the absence of, of God. Yeah, at best, there's a ceiling on them mm-hmm. that, that, that... That could crash. Right. Or, mm-hmm. uh, there's, well, there's a ceiling that you'll hit, and there's a floor that can crash okay. on, <laughs> on, on those, those sorts of hopes. Uh, I think one thing that I added, and this is not a carbon copy sermon from what I did a, a few years ago, one of the pieces that I added was talking about how often when we're looking for hope, we'll, we'll put too much emphasis on things that are good. But realistically, when we're in hopeless situations, we'll break bad. And it's not just, oh, I'll, I'll find some good things and maybe put too much of myself upon them. I, I mentioned examples of not satisfied in a relationship. We'll just go, go to pornography. Mm-hmm. I'm not 
I'm not going to be happy, so I'll engage in addictive behaviors. Right. Uh, let's let let's not have rose-colored glasses about what many of our go-tos are at rock bottom. It gets really dark really quickly there, and and those I think are things that we also need to name and bring to the light because when we're when we are in really hopeless situations, our self-perception becomes skewed, and there is a lot of self-blinkering that goes on okay. in, yeah. in, in such situations, unfortunately. Yep. Can be true. Rock wow. bottom. Yeah, what a fun what a fun sermon for this Easter, Easter time, time day. <laughs> <laughs> Can we move on to bar band cover Celebrate tunes? <laughs> good times. Easter time. Rock bottom. Well, Let's let's use this as a bridge from muddying the waters to, to bar band. To where tunes. you start singing again, the... singing Don't Stop Believing and <laughs> Oh what other songs do you have out? Uh, I I Clara was like not feeling well, so she was lying down. I don't think she paid attention, but she usually is our like Dad, why are you singing right. person. Yeah. I guess you haven't yeah. You know, it's a good Sunday when you get, get to sing a little bit. People call me the singing preacher. That's that's one of my <sighs> calling cards. So um one of the one of the key references in the sermon that is more than just the surface references I talked about Moon Knight, the Are You Broken? Yes, line. where where Harrow the villain at one point asks rhetorically of our hero Mark Spector, "Are you so broken?" as a criticism, and Mark Spector says back, "I'm not broken. I just need some help." Which, as far as it goes, is fine. Like, he's somebody that has dissociative identity disorder. And and you said that it's better to say, I am broken and I need help. Because it, it just helps you feel better to acknowledge that you're broken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the bigger Marvel oh. question <laughs> is... <laughs> oh, you kind of... I'm being one up here. Okay. I feel like the bigger Marvel issue... Really let that you land. have a lot of, kind like, of went to the next thing. You have a lot of, like... Marvel fans, I know in the audience, uh-huh. I'm, I'm kind of curious if they're listening, like what they're thinking about. Like you are basically starting to like just you're I don't. Yeah, my words don't come in the afternoon. <laughs> like your Marvel. Give it a shot. I have no idea what General you're Marvel Studios trash talking about the next generation, the next wave of Marvel properties. Oh. Like, that's bleeding through now. And so whatever about you, like, entering into the Marvel Moon Knight illustration, which mm-hmm. was fine and all. Um, <laughs> it's just better than fine. But, but go on. Yeah, there is a question of, like, at the point of which you're even allowed to, like, make references if you <laughs> if you so, aren't actually a fan. <laughs> okay, so 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 this is, this is of the same piece with questions about my Philadelphia sports fandom as it becomes referenced in sermons where... I tell people on one hand that I'm a Philadelphia sports fan, but then constantly trash Philadelphia yeah, sports. I mean, on the other hand, sports radio is one thing, but I I do feel like comic book radio, like <laughs> if it's too down and the the nerds start getting too like ticky tacky, sticky, whatever about these like tiny little details, minutia. <laughs> Then um, the nerds are restless. You can't just like enjoy the story. Am I losing the nerd contingent? You're like missing something about what comic books are. They're just stories. You're just supposed to enjoy them. Everything could be done better (laughs) or worse. I'm just saying that MCU TV shows are tilting towards not as good sometimes. But just enjoy it. What else are you going to watch? 
just enjoy it, you know, is a bit of advice that, you know, I'm con- lose, congenitally un- incapable lose some of, of the, like, executing 10, 11, 12-year-olds who listen to you because you like superheroes. Okay, so Moon Knight was one of the bar band cover tunes. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, <laughs> don't stop believing. Yes, please stop singing. There's a great um, version, by the way, of Don't Stop Believing from a few years ago. It's, it's an 80s anthem. I actually forget who it's by. Is it Journey or... Are you asking Somebody, me? yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so if you Google or if you search on YouTube, Bruce Springsteen, Lady Gaga, there's a performance that includes Lady Gaga, Bruce, Elton John, and Sting all doing Don't Stop Believing together, maybe from about 10 years ago now. And I'll tell you, Bruce and Lady Gaga steal the show. So Bruce is playing lead guitar and Tied directing Lady the Gaga. band. And Lady Gaga is knocking it out of the park okay. on vocals. It, it's one of Bruce, High it's, it's one of Bruce's Bruce best fan. guest appearances over the past 15 years. One wouldn't think that singing a cheesy 80s... How many do you actually think will we'll, we'll pull this up? 2.8. <laughs> um... Empire Strikes Back, you spoiled the ending for yep. me. Thank you. <laughs> oh, no, you won't watch it now. That was my one chance. Um, so we did that. We already mentioned Viktor Frankl. Mentioned a couple of Bible verses that speak to hopelessness. Uh-huh. One, one, of, one of my favorites in that direction. If you could call a verse of hopelessness a favorite verse. Naomi in the book of Ruth, I went away full and the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has testified against me and mm-hmm. the Almighty has brought calamity upon me? Right. A lot of hopelessness from a follower of God and also a descendant. Oh, I should have said this on Sunday. A descendant of Naomi and also Ruth David. Mm-hmm. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. Lots so, of psalms. Yes, lots of psalms. So, so even the most righteous... And best among us have these rock bottom dark nights of the soul. Right. No, makes sense. It's in the Bible. And then Very let's true. see, the only other thing on my end from Bar Band cover tunes is Ephraim the Syrian. I, I made a joke that didn't land at all here. I'll, I'll own it. Ephraim the Syrian, an early church writer and leader. The joke was Ephraim the Syrian, great name. Hey, I'm Ephraim the Syrian. Where are you from? Syrian. So, yeah, it, it, it didn't land. Yeah, I, not landing here either. No, landing landing nowhere. So, so Ephraim the Syrian still has not touched down yet. But a really great quote that speaks to the uncreation aspects falling upon the cross. The sun hid its face so as not to see him, Jesus, when he was crucified. It retracted its light back into itself to die with him. There was darkness for three hours. So. Right. Not just a not just a cloudy day when yeah, when dark. Jesus was crucified. Correct. Um, related to that, my and it's not related. I mean, it is related, but uh, you mentioned that the first Good Friday was not like, and then you listed things people would be like bringing to the Easter party. It yeah. was chicken fingers, beer, chips, and guac. And I was thinking again, what kind of Easter <laughs> did you have? How many people like Easter is my sister like cooking. Uh, pork and, that is and roast beef like, and like sous vide. Our best meal of the year is Easter. 
uh, with like house. homemade horseradish and um, and you're talking about like bringing beer and chips and guac. Is that what is yes. that what you grew up eating for Easter? Like, what is where is that coming okay, let, from? Let, let, let me spelunk my own brain. I think what happened there was I <laughs> conflated Easter with the Super Bowl. <laughs> from a previous iteration of the sermon because for because easter is the super bowl for pastors so there we got there we solved it but yeah in in retrospect that would have been a strange juxtaposition of references everybody knows you do chip squawk beer and wings on easter am i right Easter be all like yeah I don't I don't know what family but um and then but if anybody ever wants to bring us those things on Easter or any day yeah you're welcome please pass yeah don't I was Um, gonna say don't bring them to us and then I I noted that you didn't practice the flowery language um when you were reading about the reading through the children's book in your head the oral tradition passed down you were like stumbling over the ornate language i don't know oh at the very beginning (laughs) yeah do do you mean like when i was talking about like the different plants and animals and stuff yeah oh you just it doesn't matter okay yeah okay people can fill in i'm I'm not a botanist moments for our um criticisms here on this Mm. afternoon um (laughs) any leftovers things we can you mean guitar slip pickets so I, I will say you mentioned Clara was not feeling well, our daughter. I, I would like to reiterate to people that since I've started preaching with glasses, I can see people much better now. Shocking. And, and glasses. I, it's, it, 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 it really is a new world. Good so I, I can see all the way back now again. And it's, it, it's great. So I, so I just want you to know what when you're listening you to sermons. <laughs> uh, a couple other people were sick. I mean, it didn't look like COVID from, <laughs> from my diagnosis from the from from the pulpit. I, th- I think we had a migraine, um, and I think we had a stomach ache, and then we had another person who we had two people that were falling oh my asleep. Gosh. Is this a part of church gossip? Like, wait, wasn't there like that there'd be, be, a great there'd new be things in the bulletin? What what would be the name of this? Um, you know, bulletin items that. Would occur the next Faces Sunday. in the crowd. People, the attendance line, the giving line, the offering line, I... the falling asleep <laughs> line. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying it's a whole new world when I got my glasses on. It's a lot of fun. I, I get the feedback now. No one is safe. Um, anything else? <laughs> Helen Wolves, come on in and write to us some more. want to give a heads up that this, speaking of... Bruce Springsteen, this Friday, Five Golden Things, me and Pat McAdams had some fun. We each had a five-point list, the best top five Bruce Springsteen songs you've never heard of, and be on the lookout for a multimedia Five Golden Things assault. We're getting a podcast and a Spotify playlist. Your way of evading, or not evading, but like you couldn't play the songs on the podcast. Or are you trying to play the pot songs on the podcast? No, we didn't. Okay, because <laughs> YouTube would pull those. Right. If you're on, we're not even on YouTube, are we? Spotify no. might flag them. I don't know for yeah. sure. Anyway, but that that was a fun one. Be on the lookout, and then this coming Sunday at Liberty Collingswood, 
Speaking of music, I won't be seeing Bruce Springsteen soon because he's not touring. I will be seeing Southside Johnny and the Asbury Jukes. Who is that again? On Friday night at the Blues Tent stage at the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival. Leaving so your wife and children. We have to eat chicken fingers. To eat chicken fingers on Mother's Day. <laughs> that was unfortunate when I found out that I'd be gone. Yeah, over when Mother's you found Day. that out. <laughs> So point being, uh, Blake Smitley is going to be preaching the next installment of the Flood Narrative. This is the one where Noah casts out the, the, the birds. Is it the raven and then the dove? The dark bird and then the dove. <laughs> I do not know these things. I don't know, an- okay, I don't know plants and animals. Pastor. <laughs> where know, did you graduate a, from a, seminary? A bird. And... <laughs> One of the birds doesn't come back, and Blake is it and I. A turtle dove? Blake and I. It should be a turtle dove. <laughs> oh, it's the synergistics again. Blake and I will be doing post Sunday blues, a preaching post mortem, next week. So Goodbye, M, Emily. M, you have, have you have this coming week coming week off. Sign me up for the massage. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and Saturday there's there's the Urban Promise. People might be listening to this, right? They can still sign up. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, the the Urban Promise Work Day, Community Day, email Kathleen and to sign up for that, there's information on social and in our newsletter for that. I'm good for you trying to pack in announcements at, I'm a professional. at, at the very end. Photographer. You are. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I, I like Afternoon Emily on podcasts. We should do this oh, more stop. often. Oh, stop. Please, no. <laughs> um, anything else? And um, I, Yeah, I don't think so, right? No, I, I just enjoy... I'm just leaving. I just enjoy seeing you land a plane. Tired. Every time it's like Why the first is there a cigar by my elbow? Uh, because it's by my, <sighs> my smoking pipe kit. <laughs> Jazz fest. And with that... How was it? That was amazing. Thanks so much for joining us. This has been the Post-Sunday Blues, a preaching post-mortem, a production of Liberty Collingswood. Go ahead, rate, review, and subscribe, and you can find all things Liberty Collingswood at libertycollingswood.org. No more Post-Sunday Blues. Here comes some pre-Sunday happy. Happy.